helping you live well, stay well, while keeping pace with today's rapidly changing healthcare environment. That's Summit Medical Group. And now it's time for SMG Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. The anterior cruciate ligament, or the ACL, is one of the most commonly injured ligaments of the knee. My guest today is Dr. David Aberton. He's an orthopedic sports medicine specialist with Summit Medical Group. Welcome to the show, doctor. So tell us a little bit about the anterior cruciate ligament. People hear ACL all the time. They don't even know what this ligament is or what it does. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So the ACL, or anterior cruciate ligament, is one of the central ligaments in the center of your knee that prevents the knee from going forward on itself or rotating. It's most commonly injured with non-contact injuries, believe it or not, even though it seems like a violent injury to the knee. Most of 70% of them are happen without actually having contact. So what would cause this to be injured? Well, there's been a lot of research dedicated to why it's so commonly injured. Um, there are several thoughts. Some of it is muscle weakness or the position that the athlete lands um, with heavy emphasis on the, their quadriceps or thigh muscle versus more of a natural athletic um, landing with their hamstrings in a more balanced position. Um, there's been a lot of focus on the female athlete because there's a four to five times higher incidence of ACL tears in the female athlete. And some of these are more biological factors such as anatomy, hormones, um, the size of the knee, the bony anatomy of the knee, and just the overall muscle imbalance of different patients. So some of the stuff that we've looked at is things that we can control, but a lot of it is things that we can't control. It's just the way we're built. So women are more at risk. Do they have to be an athlete to be at risk for an ACL injury? You don't have to be an athlete in the in the true sense of the word, but most commonly these do occur in sport activities. So sometimes it's the recreational athlete just playing beach volleyball. You could unfortunately happen even just falling down your stairs, but typically it's with soccer, basketball, football, skiing type of injuries, whether you're uh, everyday competitive athlete or just a weekend warrior recreational athlete. So, doctor, tell us some of the symptoms because people always say, oh, I'm going to hear that pop if it's anything real, but that's not necessarily the case, is it? No. Most of the time you know something wrong happened in the, in the sense that your knee will buckle on you. A lot of people do describe a pop. Um, about 70% of people with an injury to their knee who have swelling in it, um, have an ACL tear without even touching them. Um, so usually there's pain, there's um, inability to extend their knee, or they have what's called a quadriceps avoidance gait. Um, they feel a pop or they have swelling in their knee. But it's usually confirmed with a physical exam and or um, an MRI. If they feel that, do they rush right off to the doctor or do, do they can they try some home things like ice or compression? Um, generally, most people are going to be seen by a doctor. It's not necessarily that you need to go to the emergency room, although most people do because they're not sure what happened and they think they might have 
broken a bone, what have you. But um, but generally, it's a pretty painful injury on the front end because of there's typically bone bruising, swelling. Um, you're unable to straighten your leg, um, so it's usually a, a pretty frightening event for the patient. But if I would recommend ice, and um, you know, initially as well. If it is torn, does it heal itself? So it does not heal itself. Um, generally, um, you know, the only way to to fix it is uh, is an operation. Um, not everyone with an ACL tear needs to have their ACL fixed, but typically it's recommended to fix it in the the higher demand athlete, um, even the recreational athlete who wants to continue playing cutting type sports, um, and even in patients who say that whatever happened was a fluke, sometimes we attempt to treat them non-operatively, but they develop what we call functional instability. So even if they're not playing sports per se, their knees buckling or giving out on them, just living their life, stepping off a curb, walking on uneven surfaces, and then those people, we would end up fixing it. So the majority of people who tear their ACL do end up having it reconstructed surgically, but not everyone needs to have it reconstructed. So then how do you help patients decide whether they need that reconstruction, Dr. Aberton? So generally, we, we treat patients and not the MRI or, or the actual um, X-ray. So we have a conversation with the patients about realistic expectations, what's involved. Um, we try and get a sense of what the patient's expectations, physical demands, and activity levels and desires are. And again, typically... Um, in my practice, the, the types of patients we're, we're seeing are motivated people who are playing sports, whether it's at a recreational competitive level. They want to continue doing that, whether they're 15, 25, or even 60 these days. And if, if those are their goals, their, their best chance of getting back to that level would be with surgery. If it's something that was more of a just a, a fluke thing. They were walking their dog and they twisted their knee, but they're not playing sports. We would talk maybe about trying to treat them non-operatively and seeing how they do. The other factor is the not usually when you tear your ACL, it's not in isolation. So you may have other injuries to, to your knee, such as the meniscus, the other ligaments in your knee or your cartilage. So we, we try and factor all of that in, in terms of making the decision. Then what is this reconstruction like, and what's the recovery like? How soon can they get back to the activities? So it's same-day surgery. Patients go home the same day. They're, they're using crutches initially. Um, in terms of the surgery, we, we basically are creating a new ligament, um, and you could do that one of two ways, either with the patient's own tissue, such as um, what's called their bone patellar tendon bone or their hamstrings, or even some people use quadriceps tendon or we could use cadaver or allograft tissue, which again is um, a conversation that we have to, to try and make the, the best choice for the patient. Um, we drill holes in the bone to recreate the, the tunnel placement. Uh, there's been a lot of focus on tunnel position and trying to create um, an anatomic ACL. Um, and the patients usually are independent by four to six weeks and living their life. Um, they'll still know they had a surgery by four to six weeks, but someone around them wouldn't. Um, we get them moving right away in physical therapy, doing range of motion, trying to decrease the swelling. And then usually um, by three months, we let them start running. 
and it's usually around nine to 12 months before patients return to sports. So then let's talk about prevention. Is there a way to prevent these tears in, in women or girl soccer players or really anybody who might, as you say, step off a curb? Is there any way to prevent these? Well, there, there are a lot of studies that have been done to show that there are exercises and neuromuscular programs that may decrease the incidence of ACLs. Unfortunately, there is no do this and you're guaranteed to avoid an ACL tear. But certainly um, trying to focus on the things we have control over, which is particularly um, neuromuscular control, such as balance and, and strengthening. So a lot of people have um, what we call quadriceps dominant gait or landing where their, their thigh muscle is stronger than their hamstrings. But actually for ACL prevention, it's more important that your hamstrings and your gluteal or butt muscles are stronger. So a lot of emphasis has been on... Um, what's called plyometric exercises, and there are programs that are that can easily be introduced into the warm-up routine of soccer players, football, baseball, basketball players. Um, it's sometimes been a challenge to get coaches to buy into this um, on a, a large scale, but certainly there have been many studies that have shown that um, that they can be effective. And or these days with um, athletes and patients who are so dedicated to sports. A lot of kids are working out with trainers and with the appropriate trainer or strength conditioning coach, they can do these things um, as part of their um, preparation for the season. Wow, great advice, really great information and so important. Tell us in the last few minutes about your team at Summit Medical Group. So at Summit Medical Group, we're a multi-specialty um, physician practice. We have 33 orthopedic surgeons uh, throughout the state of New Jersey, uh, many of us who specialize in sports medicine injuries, but we cover the full range of orthopedic um, injuries and treatment. And um, we, our goal is to, to do the best for the patients and get them back in the game and back um, feeling and living well. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're listening to SMG Radio. And for more information, you can go to summitmedicalgroup.com. That's summitmedicalgroup.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.